Do we have Pastor Hagee on the line? Hi, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Brother Craig. How are you? I am better than I deserve, sir, but uh, I'll take that every day. And uh, my wife and I love watching you, and uh, and we we like watching Matthew also. You've trained him very, very well. He's doing he's doing a great job. Uh, he re, he really truly is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what? He's the twenty ninth Hagee to preach the gospel. Well, I don't I don't know. He's the twenty ninth. That he he represents the. Uh, uh, I would be the 48th. He'd be the 49th. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I got it wrong. I interviewed you a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I, for some reason, I was I was blown away when I thought it was 28 and 29. <laughs> and so it's, no, it's not, I'm it's there. Not I'm blown away again. <laughs> it's, not gener- it's, it's not generations. Uh-huh. It's, it's that many Hagee preachers since the Hagee family landed in Pennsylvania in uh, 1742. Wow. And so we've, um, you know, early on uh, when our family got here, uh, they came for religious liberty to get here. And mm-hmm. uh, they were they were Moravians, and the Moravians were hardcore Bible preachers. And uh, just from generation down. Uh, we principally were Methodist, and then out of Methodism came Baptist and uh, some Pentecostal preachers, but uh, we've um, we've always stayed with the Word of God. Thank, wow. thank God for that. Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, that's, that's, that's powerful, and, um, you know, I'm, I know one thing, uh, there are many, many people here in America that are glad that uh, a ship from Moravia came to Pennsylvania in 1742. Folks, uh, I'm sitting here with uh, the, the the great and famed Pastor John Hagee, and he's he's uh, founder and pastor of Cornerstone Church. Now, is it Cornerstone Baptist Church? No, it's just Cornerstone Church. We are a non-denominational evangelical church. Oh, okay. Uh, we have Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, Roman Catholics, anyone who likes the Word of God oh, okay. uh, is welcome here. Oh, well, that's great. I was born, you know, we used to have a thing, born a Baptist. <laughs> you know that old yeah. saying, uh, and I'm going to die a yeah. Baptist, but now I attend a uh, a non-denominational church now. Yeah, so uh, you know, I really, um, I really understand that, and I appreciate that, and you know, and all you do. Now, the last time, Pastor Hagee, we were blessed to have your presence here to share with our audience here at the Really Real Deal. Uh, you had just written Four Blood Moons, and um, you know, and you, you're quite prolific here. Uh, the Three Heavens. Uh, Jerusalem countdown, born to be blessed. Uh, then you had the four blood moons, and now here your latest book, Earth's Last Empire. Yes, this is book number forty. Book number forty. Yes. Wow, I'm blown away again. I have a short list <laughs> of your books here, and and you have forty books. Uh, yeah, quite prolific. Yeah, so. This uh, so now now this book here, okay, uh, the final game of thrones, okay, and yeah. You, you, yeah, you start out with how all roads lead to Jerusalem, and yeah. um, you know, 
and, and, and I saw something interesting in here, your own personal testimony, how you had an, a, a vision in your mind about Jerusalem. And so when you first went there, it's like you were a pilgrim or maybe a fan or just a traveler. And uh, But after being there, you, you, there was a sense of transformation that you felt, and you, you, you went there one way and you left there another way. Would you share that, please? Yes, well... <clears throat> I went to Israel for the very first time in 1978, and I went as a tourist, and I came home a Zionist. A Zionist is someone who believes that the Jewish people have the absolute right to the Holy Land that God has described the meets and boundaries in the Bible. And uh, while I was praying at the Western Wall, I looked over my shoulder, and there was a Jewish man praying. He had on his prayer shawl, which at that point in my life, I didn't know what that was. Uh, and he had on a kippah, and he was, uh, tears were coming down his face as he was reading the Bible. And I was deeply moved by the depth of his conviction. And uh, he was sitting in the rocking chair because he was quite elderly. And you could tell that that was something that he did every day. And I turned back to face the wall, and I just felt the Lord say to me, that man is your spiritual brother. You don't know a thing about him, and he's terrified of you. Now, at that point in my life, I had three university degrees, and I'd been to seminary, so I was really not uninformed. And uh, so when I left, uh, as I I sat there and uh, finished praying, uh, I felt the Lord say to me, you know, I want you to use whatever influence you have to bring to the Jewish people what they have never experienced from Christians for 2,000 years, and that's the unconditional love of God. And it was kind of an overwhelming thought because I assure you it was not something that was concocted out of my mind. Mm. And I went to my my wife uh, was uh, praying with the ladies down the way because they do not allow men and women to pray together. Mm -hmm. And I went to her and told her what the situation was. And uh, uh, we went to the Harp of David and I bought several hundred dollars worth of books. Uh, to study up on the history of the Jewish people because Hashir and Seminary, we didn't go through the Crusades, the Inquisition, nor the seeds of the Holocaust that were made possible by the uh, hateful theology of John Chrysostom and so forth. Mm -hmm. So when I got done, I... uh, I uh, told her, I said, uh, I'm ready. I'm just waiting for the Lord to open the door of how to uh, honor the Jewish people for their contributions to America and to the spiritual things that they've done for Christianity. Yeah. And, um, and so are, they... Do we, do, we still, do, we, do we still have things like that today? You write about super secessionism, and which seems to me like a, a, an, a form, I don't know if it's an outgrowth or a precursor to replacement theology, but are we still... Do, do, do people realize that they have these seeds in their theology? They don't until you just flat out tell them. 
they've heard it so long and it's so ingrained into their mind until you say, tell them that what you are saying is truly a supersessionist message. It is a replacement theology message and it is not biblical. And uh, then you give them the biblical reasonings and uh, uh, they are stunned. Mm -hmm. And you said that this man beside whom you prayed, you felt love for him, but he felt fear from you. Did you sense that or was that just your feeling of... No, I, I just I just know that the, by my uh, interaction with the Jewish community that when you when you are the pastor of a church of twenty two thousand people uh, and your television message goes over all over the world, uh, you get in a group of, of Jewish people who don't know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very reserved about. Uh, talking to you and so forth of that nature because they're they're very concerned that you're not sensitive to things they believe. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and, and it seems to me, Pastor Hagee, that many Christians, well, the Christians that I know, have uh, more love for Israel than some Jewish people that are um, non-religious. You know, particularly when you deal with the, uh, political issues that people champion. Uh, so I, in, in a modern sense, it, it, this doesn't make sense to me. Well, here, let me help you understand that. The, the whole essence of evaluating how you feel about Israel is whether you do or do not believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more that our society drifts from the Bible, the more secular we become. And the more secular we become, the more anti-Semitic we become, because the Bible starts in the book of Genesis defending the Jewish people's right, the right to the land, and the spiritual contributions that they are going to make to the world. Uh, But when a person stops reading the Bible, uh, they get away from the precepts of God and become immersed in the secular humanism of man. Mm. And that's a very corrupt theology. Right. And is one of the values that Israel has to not just America, but to the world, the fact that we we have written in the word how, uh, you know, Israel seems to be kind of a type where they have gone through this, that type of uh, rejection of 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 God, and you've seen the consequences, and they're writ- written right there. And so we can learn from that past example. The the thing that Paul is saying in the book of Romans, chapter fifteen, he said, "If we, the Gentiles, have benefited from their spiritual things, we as Gentiles should remember them uh, to care for them in their immaterial things." The spiritual things the Jewish people have given to Christianity would be, one, the Word of God. All of it was written by Jewish people. The next thing is that they've given to us the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, They have given to us uh, 
uh, all of the Old Testament prophets, every prophet in the Bible was Jewish. They've given to us the first family of Christianity, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. They gave to us the 12 disciples. They gave to us the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. And they gave to us John the Revelator. So from Genesis to Revelation, we have uh, the gift of the Jewish people who suffered a great deal by uh, presenting and writing the Word of God. Uh, So if you just removed Jesus out of the equation, you wouldn't have Christianity. Mm-hmm. That's why the uh, Christians need to understand the fact that Judaism does not need Christianity to explain its existence. Mm-hmm. But we as Christians cannot explain our existence without Judaism, because Jesus was Jewish, and he practiced the law of Moses. And then he came preaching the gospel. But he, and it's very clear in Matthew 25, makes the statement, inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these my brethren. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the Jewish people. You've done it unto me. So they are still the apple of God's eye. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And, um, and, you know, and it seems like God is still working miracles through uh, Israel. Uh, again, here we're in the 70th year of the rebirth. And, uh, and, and I think, Pastor Hage, you would agree that there's no way in human terms to explain what has happened for a nation to have been attacked so many times, destroyed so many times, dispersed so far. And, uh, you know, from the Balfour Declaration in 1917 to, you know, 50 years of Jubilee later, uh, 1967 and on up to today. Um, you know, how do you explain that? Well, it's, it is exactly this, that uh, Israel is God's prophetic stop, uh, a prophetic clock. And uh, God does everything by a set time. King David says in the Psalms, there is a set time that God has chosen to honor Israel. The clock stops ticking whenever Israel leaves the land, and it starts ticking when Israel comes into the land. Whenever the Romans in 70 AD took the Jewish people and scattered them across the Mediterranean basin, the clock stopped. Whenever the Balfour Commission happened, Balfour Declaration happened, the clock started ticking. That would be 1917. Inasmuch as God operates in modules of 50 years in the Jubilee, the 49th year begins, but on the 50th year, the the year of Jubilee ends. So uh, a Jubilee, according to the teaching of the Old Testament, is 50 years. Mm -hmm. And 1917 and 50 is uh, 1967. That's when Jerusalem was reunited to the state of Israel. And Israel in the Six-Day War doubled its land size. You add 50 to 1967, and you have 2017. In that year, the President of the United States declared that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel, and he moved the embassy, to move the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and I was privileged to do the dedicatorial prayer for that, uh, for that uh, embassy. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's powerful, sir. And, uh, and folks out there, if you're just joining us, we have Pastor John Hagee, pastor of Cornerstone Church, uh, with us, and we're discussing 
his latest book, latest of 40 books now, folks, uh, his, his, his latest book, uh, we're discussing Earth's Last Empire. Well, Pastor Hagee, it's, it's really been great. I find all this fascinating, but would you like to just sum up a little bit of uh, uh, why sh- folks should go out and purchase this book? This book, The Final Game of Thrones, Earth's Final Empire, uh, fundamentally is a capsulization of everything that's going to happen in the world prophetically from now until the end of time. It takes it. It takes it. Uh, Bible prophecy, literally, from the gates of Genesis until the last moment of the dispensation of grace, and it's written in such a way that you don't have to be a Bible scholar to get it. It's very, very plain, uh, fully, fully uh, illustrated, and this book is something that every person who has any interest in prophecy want to get this book because this is the best prophetic book I have ever written. And in as much as I'm 78 years of age, it's probably going to be the last one. So you should run out and get this book. It's very, very good. Yeah, and buy two copies, folks, one for yourself and one for your uh, for your children, okay, as, as you send them off to college. Yeah, God bless you, Pastor Hagen. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Brother Craig. All right. All right. That's a wrap. You be blessed, sir. Thank you again. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.